A century ago, my great-grandfather came from China to America. His name was Kwai Chang Kane. Welcome to Cancelled. Uh, we are doing another pilot pilot episode uh, before we start the Lone Gunman with me, the very, very funny, just back from New Orleans doing comedy at Hell Yes Fest. Give it up for Jay Whitecott. And who am I saying give it up to? Just to you? I do that sometimes I, I, when I intro people on this podcast and then I'm like, who am I asking to make some noise, by the way? I felt like I was supposed to clap yeah. for myself <laughs> in some weird way. It worked out all right then. Uh, what's going on, man? How you been? I have been good. I'm tired. Yeah, you. I mean, you just got back from New Orleans like yesterday, right? Yeah, and uh, I was only there one night. Just well. Oh, really? One night, and like the first twenty minutes, I was propositioned by a whore <laughs> saying she was going to go ostrich on my dick. Which I, I don't even know never, what ostrich means. Uh, I assume duck the head yeah. inside. And, <laughs> All right, and hide out of fear. <laughs> Uh, this uh, this little black kid beatboxed at me and called me a cracker faggot. Sure. While I was getting a po' boy that was okay. a lot more expensive than I expected. <laughs> you mean it's expensive like it costs money or like it costs a little bit of it your soul? Like 15 it costs bucks. a little bit of your soul to have a kid call you a faggot. Uh, Twenty you know minutes into arriving in New Orleans, I'll let him have it. You know, <laughs> like I couldn't beatbox back. There True. was no rap yeah, yeah, battle yeah. I could do. I was like, you know what? I get. I'm a faggot. I'll be a faggot. That's fine. <laughs> it sounds. How was, was the shows good though? The shows the show? were fine. Yeah. Uh, the uh, stand up record showcase was really cool. Just oh, nice. seeing everybody kind of go up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the the, cr- the crowd was a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. And it's you know you as it is. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had a good show uh, uh, at the theater, closing it out. Nice. Yeah, it was nice. There was a lot of Fago to yeah. be drunk. <laughs> well, did you do shows with ICP? Oh, no. But there was a shitload of Fago. <laughs> New Orleans naturally has Fago. <laughs> That's I- hilarious. I just uh, – I was doing – I was working beer, my, my Beerland gig, and uh, there was a like juggalo party next door I was talking about on the last <laughs> no, podcast. At Elysium? At Elysium. Like a full-on – ICP wasn't there, but everybody else was. Like yeah, all yeah, the yeah. underling bands and – Man, all yeah. the fetish and the bondage kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they also they they all didn't know what to do. Like they walked in, <laughs> they were just like confused. Like, well, where's my fucking plush velvet throne? I usually sit on in this place. Yeah, they need direction from ICP to constantly <laughs> live their life. I did what? something weird. I fed chicken to chickens. What? what? Okay. Uh, like, was that? Is that a thing? Like a touristy thing you do? No, no. I was. It was like three o'clock in the morning, and all this, everything was closed. So I got gas station fried chicken, sure. which was the best. It was really good. They have really good fried <laughs> chicken in the gas stations. And then this uh, Uber guy dropped me off where I was uh, crashing. I'm trying to find this house. I'm kind of drunk, uh, trying to figure out where the fuck I got to go. And these chickens started just uh, surrounding me. And I kept dropping little bits of chicken, not realizing. <laughs> like, I was just trying to be nice. Like, yeah, oh, here yeah, you go. Yeah, you guys yeah, are hungry. Yeah. Oh, I'm feeding you yourself. I'm making you a cannibal right now. Uh, it's they, still... And they just ate it? No problem? Oh, they ate the that's, fuck out well, of it. That's fucking nature, right? Animals <laughs> yeah. can just eat anything. <laughs> I mean, even, but that's crazy because I would assume animals would have, like, there'd be some sort of, like, 
opposition to cannibalism built into you genetically like uh there is and there isn't like uh i was reading the science report where i say it's the brain specifically uh okay. so like don't eat the eat. brain yeah yeah don't eat the brains uh because that's what happened with like mad cow disease, disease. Yeah, yeah 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 they kept like mushing up cows mm-hmm. into yeah. a little brain sandwich and feeding it back <laughs> yeah, to them yeah 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 oh we are a fucked up race who thought of that the circle <laughs> of life the, the capitalism <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah that is such a fucked up like well some of these cows died it's gonna cost a lot of money to bury them or no 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 just fucking i love you say the bury up. them yeah, it's yeah, gonna, yeah. It, you Burn. know what we could give this to the poor and impoverished <laughs> fuck yeah, yeah, them yeah, 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 let's yeah. feed these dead cows to the live cows <laughs> yeah, jesus uh well fuck all right let's get into uh let's get into these shows here now did you, you watch them on youtube uh i would like to say yes so you them I would like to say yes, but I actually owned. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Well, hold on. How do you own really, these two pilots that don't like the the the, the Remo William one? I, I I had like a bootleg Brazilian copy <laughs> that I bought in like 2004 uh, off of eBay back in the eBay years. Oh, that's hilarious! I bought that, and it was also like I remember Kung Fu the Legend Continues always being on TNT when I was a kid. Right. And I loved I loved it so much. It was like it was back in like every white person goes through uh like an Asian phase. Yeah. Where we all want to be martial artists. <laughs> well, I went through a pretty hard. I feel like every dude goes through I would yeah. uh, like I'm going to blur I know martial arts by yeah, watching yeah. martial arts phase. Did yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Well, you could tell by their closets cuz all our black clothes are just always in one area. All the rest of the clothes can be wherever they want, but all our black solid ninja outfits yeah, 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 are yeah, only in one place. Organized. Just in case. I bought when I was in, remember like the scholastic book fairs? Oh, like yeah, with to, the little book trucks? Yeah, yeah, when you come to yeah. school or whatever. Uh, scholastic book fair school, so we, I bought, I'm like maybe third or fourth grade, uh, I bought a book called Advanced Karate. Oh, I know I was exactly gonna, what you're talking about. Like, abso- absolutely going to learn karate from a book, yeah, from not- pictures of people doing jump kicks. You had I'm going to learn how to do a jump. <laughs> I could have picked, yeah, I could have picked beginners karate. You didn't pick beginners is what's the best thing about it. You went straight, you looked at beginners and you went to advanced. You're like, well, fuck beginners. Yeah, how am I going to, what if somebody else bought advanced? <laughs> now I'm getting the shit kicked out of me on a playground. That seems like nonsense to me. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, but, uh, so yeah, I definitely went through a I'm going to learn karate phase. Now, did you before we get started? Did you watch the Legend Continues or the Next Generation? Because Next Generation with Brandon Lee is the one we're supposed to have watched for today. There was a Next Generation with Brandon Lee, and we're back. Uh, so we just watched again. Well, I watched for the second time. Jay here watched for the first. Um, yeah, well, we might as well start with. It's a show that has a lot of subtlety. I imagine it takes a few, <laughs> a few watches to pick up on all the levels. <laughs> uh, okay, so for, we're, we're going to talk about Kung Fu: The Next Generation first. Uh, for starters, these both of these pilots, I believe, but definitely this one for sure, uh, was part of a thing called CBS Summer Playhouse, yeah. which aired in like the summer of maybe eighty seven and eighty eight. Uh, where they would take these unsold pilots, air them, which kind of makes sense. You've got the shit shot, right? You yeah. fill up some time. But it had like, they had a host, which was, uh, I want to say from the, that was the cast of Frank's Place, uh, <laughs> which was Venus Flytrap from WKRP. We're old enough to, I don't know if you are, but I know, I, yeah, you yeah. certainly are. I don't know if the listening audience is old was, enough to uh, remember WKRP. Was, uh, Johnny, uh, uh, Johnny Fever, Johnny Venus Fever. Fly- yeah, yeah. Uh, from WKRP and then the Lonnie Anderson's greatest <laughs> achievement. 
Uh, so they would air these things, and then they would tell you to call in uh, and vote. Like, if you liked it, call 1-900-whatever. And you pointed out very astutely, if you don't like it, call 1-900-the-other <laughs> yeah, number. They're going to charge you either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just don't call if you Two don't like it. Two different numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get you coming and going. Uh, I like – it's 50 cents set for the time. It's kind of pricey. But I like that their proceeds go to charity. They make a point of pointing that out. Uh, kind of a surprise. I figured CBS would want to milk you for whatever they could get. But I feel like it was early enough that people – it's not like the American Idol days where people feel like they're getting to be part of the show. Text, like if they call yeah. or whatever, they'd be like, fuck that. I'm not paying 50 cents to, to <laughs> CBS. Fuck them. Uh, so come through the next generation. Uh, a lot like Star ooh. Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> Same kind of – produced by a Picard. It was. Also, we can start right away with the – like you know the show's going to be kind of racist when the opening credit, like the title, the, like the font is like <laughs> 1960s Chinese takeout menu font. <laughs> like, <laughs> the year of the rat was underneath yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It tells you what your, uh, what your characteristics are. I thought it was racist that the ending credits were just your lucky lotto numbers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all it is. <laughs> uh, it's well. Do you, as a backstory, what I thought was really interesting when I when you when you pointed out that was Brandon Lee. Yeah, like the whole show was developed by his father, right? And then stolen. Yeah, to give the David to Carradine. Give the David Carradine because they wanted an actual Chinese person, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a Chinese person the Americans can get behind, right? And so for this reboot, they cast his son as a thief. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as a as a thief who, uh, when we first meet him, is wearing a hooded sweatshirt with no t-shirt underneath, none, none. just a half-zipped just hoodie pecs. with no shirt and pants. Um, but this is the height of mesh t-shirts. They yeah, they could have very easily given him something, but no, he's in he's in the in the precinct when because <laughs> spoiler he gets arrested in the very beginning. Uh, he's in like he's been arrested and he's sitting in there with no fucking shirt on. Well, they arrested him. He was wearing a shirt. Why was he? I didn't notice he, that. No, he was wearing a shirt, <laughs> and then when he's leaving jail, yeah, he's he just in the hoodie. Does not have her shirt anymore. Uh, what happened to the shirt? The I feel like the, also the other thing that like we talked about before was that we really like everybody goes through a phase of wanting to know martial arts. Yeah, every boy at least. Uh, I I feel the same can be said for Cat Burglar. Yeah, definitely. And uh, he kind of knocks both of these out because he's the, like a cat burglar kind of a thief. Out of the park. <laughs> not really. Not the best. Here's the, here's the reason I figured right away I couldn't be a cat burglar. Way too much rope climbing. The second he had a, like, Miguel Ferrer had to climb that rope, I was like, nah, I couldn't <laughs> Miguel Ferrer wasn't having it either. <laughs> yeah, he was not. Ha- so, so it opens with Bre- uh, Brandon Lee and his partner in crime, Miguel Ferrer. Uh, who, by the way, is so much older than Brandon Lee? Thank at, you. At one point, they say when he's been arrested, like they, they he gets they get arrested in this opening sequence, and uh, or he gets arrested. Miguel Ferrer runs away, and uh, the police call Brandon Lee's father, who is just also. Well, can we address the fact that apparently everyone in the family has the same name? They all have the same. They're name. They're all Quan John Kane. There's no telephone number, but somehow, <laughs> yeah, everyone knows how to find the, them. The cops help. did like a flute solo. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. To summon him. Uh, they call him and tell him, "Yeah, come get you know, we got your son." Uh, and she tells him the, the the lead detective, the female detective, tells him that like uh, he was arrested with another boy, and he's like, "No, he was arrested with a grown man I, in, in his late thirties, at least." I no thirty five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I saw he's him. like got. Patterned baldness. He's yeah. not another boy. I was like, "That's the dude from RoboCop." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is he doing? Um, 
So they're going to be like they're going to cat burglar this place. They get caught in the process, and that's when they get arrested. Um, I like that we meet Qui Gon Kane. It's not senior because it's whatever, but his fa- Brandon Lee's father. Uh, he's just sitting in the woods. You know, uh, you know how you kung fu folk like to do. <laughs> just, just go <laughs> sit in the fucking woods around. Like like Los Angeles, maybe I on don't know the, where on the outskirts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jeff, yeah, maybe Irvine. <laughs> wherever wherever yoga is like, yeah, yeah. just in its infancy. <laughs> uh, so he's gonna go get his son out of jail. Some uh, I do kind of like for the sake of this pilot that there's not a lot of like he just walked into town and has to like establish yeah. himself and blah 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 there's he's, no gunslinger mystery yeah around yeah him. he lives in that town he helps everyone the cops all know him they're like so, they're yeah. like you know normally we'd have put him in the tombs by now or whatever but since he's you and you do so much good we can try to help you out and take care of your kid plus he's divorced yeah, they, true. they didn't even try to kill the mom no as a backstory killer or introducer no at all. she's just in vancouver now that's she's all in they Canada say and yeah. she's not happy about it <laughs> and that's it that's the rest and he holds the picture yeah looking at his mom <laughs> as if she's dead <laughs> not, only she's dead. They, not only is that they never show the picture no, they you just see the bit. do you? Because no, I he, remember just seeing like the back of the photograph, and I'm like, they couldn't even cast the. Well, bitch he, to he take looks one on picture. both sides. There's no nothing inscribed. <laughs> like I love you, son, forever. Goodbye. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's just a picture of his mom, and he looks at it as if she's gone forever. Yeah, well, she's in Vancouver. Who's going to fucking? Well, Vancouver? they don't have a phone. There's also plus that. international rates. It's a 900 call. Yeah, this is to like your mom or dislike your mom. It's going to be 50 cents either way. <laughs> What I uh, what, what I loved about Brandon Lee's character in this is he played this petulant kind of real shitty, real shitty, angry kid who knows martial arts. He's basically playing every crow fan I've ever met in my life. <laughs> yeah. Wears nothing but black, obsessed with just being a shitty well, son. He almost wears nothing but black. Except you know I don't want to jump to that moment too soon. We'll get to that, and also feel free to jump around. But uh, oh, I'm jumping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you were saying before, like, that, like no phone number. People just know who he is, and yeah. that like he like the, when we first he comes, he comes walking out of the woods. That's yeah, the guy that Angeles. lives in the woods. Yeah, yeah. Some guy walks up to him and says, "Hey, Kane, I hear you fix things." You know who lives in the woods outside of L.A.? Yeah. Uh, homeless people, people yeah. and like gay twinks <laughs> waiting for a blowjob so they can get more crank money. Yeah. And uh, also, and, and mystic healers, healers for sure who, who pretend they're Chinese. Not only does he live. Okay, so he lives in the outskirts. Like he, I mean, he lives. He has an apartment in the city. He's just out in the woods, like meditating or some shit. But apparently, and I don't. I didn't watch the original Kung Fu that much. I've seen an episode here or there. Yeah. The fu- the the David Carradine's character lives in an old West village. Apparently, uh, he ends up in an old West village. Okay, I but think they when, what time does that show take place? I thought that was like a modern era show. No, 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 no. Kung it, Fu, the it's, original it's Kung a Western. Fu? It's a Western. Uh-huh. And I think uh, Kung Fu, the movie came out like in mid eighties, like around 85. And I think he was like helping out this town. And decided to settle there. Like they were trying to wrap it all together. Like, oh, he'll um, let, let him get late. Yeah, let him get late. yeah, that's good. Um, so, so he's out in the woods. He comes back. He meets a guy in the street. The guy's like, "Hey, I hear you fix things." Uh, and they go inside, and he tells you, he's like, "Hey, I got this tenant. Won't pay his rent. I want you to beat him up, throw him out." And he's like, "I will do no such thing." Uh, 
I like the uh, you can tell the economy was better. Like it's two hundred bucks. You know what I'm saying? That's it. See, he's like, I got a hundred now and a hundred when the job's just over. Like, how about you just give me the fucking two hundred bucks up front? Like, you're not milking me on this. I'm gonna give you four initial payments. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Also, the other thing I like I didn't like in that moment is the guy goes, uh, I want you to take care of him, you know, with a little of that chop sake. <laughs> This is 1987. People don't say chop sake anymore. Like I, I don't know, man. I, no, it's not. No, 1987. You're upstate New like York. I was raised in Texas. We're post. Uh, we're post Karate Kid at this point. I'm pretty sure, or at least right around there. People at least know the word karate. They might not know kung fu, maybe, but they like chop sake is what they said in like. The sixty, like the seventies. No, no, definitely that's eighties. That's eighties. Not in fucking California. It's not with all them goddamn Asians they had. Look, wow, <laughs> that came out very racist. And I apologize. I'm just saying. You know, as they do, very high Asian population. People would know. I feel like they would see in California. People would be ahead of the curve on Asian things because it was a part of the country that was highly po- Asian populated prior, like earlier than other places yeah, people that landed mean, there and then spread but to the that rest means of the country. They, but also it's such a secluded culture and they're so known for bad driving that's where that stereotype oh, well that's where that stereotype keeps getting pushed upon like i don't give a shit about how asians drive like that doesn't come into my life at all but right. everyone who ever purports that stereotype is either a racist doing like a, a telephone game where they heard what they heard what they heard but yeah. it all originates from people in california who hate how asians drive <laughs> well shit i like that you've done research on racism i've had to i'm <laughs> i'm a white bearded male comic i sh- uh gotta know your roots so so Brandon Lee so so David Car it's not David Carradine. It's the, David it's, Carradine if he was Peter Coyote. <laughs> I was gonna say it's Taylor, it's David Carradine if he was Taylor Negron. Taylor Negron! And he <laughs> which R.I.P. But like fucking he looks like yeah, God bless uh, Sammy Sosa that a little bit, Pour but <laughs> but uh but that being said, I mean also I was I like Taylor Negron very much. Uh but you see that in the face, eh, stinks. Terrible actor. Yeah. D- yeah horrific. And Here's what I don't understand about that. It's not even like he like oh we got to get a guy who's really good at martial arts because we have all these intricate martial arts scenes they have to film and we'll get we'll, that's so important that we'll get maybe a lesser a quality lesser actor, actor yeah. that can do the martial arts stuff. No, he I think he does two kicks and he does a bunch of somersaults where you can't see his face, so that's clearly just somebody else. Well, the kick doesn't even go above kneecap level. Yeah, 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 and it's three tops in the entire. No, I would say two. Also, there's another thing about martial arts movies of this time. Time, they didn't. It, it, it was all kicks for white people. Kicks are impressive. Punching, who gives a fuck? Yeah, yeah. It was all kick based, uh, and there were literally I counted four kicks in this movie, and that's the is the extent of the kung fu that's done. There's one sequence where he's teaching a class, uh, and there's like some the, the students are kind of going oh, through the get forms. On this, yeah, we'll get. Well, we might as fucking well. Uh, well, I want to address the kicks. Like, how many? Yeah. Like, what you're saying right now, I yeah. wonder how many 1 900 on the dislike number. <laughs> Where are the goddamn kicks? <laughs> I did not stay home Six. on a Saturday night <laughs> to watch some Chinaman who ain't even a Chinaman not kick nobody. Balls high. Yeah. Balls high at the very least. <laughs> Brandon Lee throws like two decent kicks. He does their jump kick in the beginning, and then he 
kicks like twice in the final fight scene, which, by the way, are the only two fight scenes. I think he was. I think he instinctually. I think you're onto something because I think Brandon Lee instinctually knew there was little action in this. Yeah, yeah. So he tried to approach. He did things differently in every scene. Like there's one scene where he's talking to the guy and yeah. he just jumps up on a toilet. <laughs> and he's like just crouching on a toilet. Yeah, 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 he's walking yeah, yeah. towards the door and he decides right, right. to just jump over the stairwell. Right, right, right. Like, right. So I think he was trying to bring a little bit of physicality LED to it. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Because, like, again, when I say that they're the only two fight scenes, first one isn't a fight scene. He just jump kicks a gun out of a cop's hand. End of, end of scene. Uh, <laughs> and then there's the little bit of action sequence at the end when uh, he fights the bad guys, which we'll get to. But. That's it for Kung yeah. Fu. It's got Kung Fu in the goddamn title. It's, it's got Kung Fu in the title, and they also did the nice thing. They had the Kung Fu class, yeah, and everyone's learning a different style from this one <laughs> At guy. At the same time, it looked like a bunch of people, like you know, what, like we were talking about earlier, like try, like pretending you knew Kung Fu from watching yeah, Kung yeah, Fu yeah. movies. It looked like five people doing different versions of that at the same time. Well, they were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I lo- yeah, he walks you through it. He's like, "This first we learn crane, and you get well, he's discipline. Te- he's, and yeah, crane. he's he's telling the class, like, the class knows by this point. <laughs> Clearly. They all did the moves way better than... Expertly. Way better than Brandon Lee or his dad. <laughs> <laughs> what I like about... Like, I'm obsessed with Kung Fu, like, since as a kid. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm obsessed with the idea... That uh, they all like it was it's 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 peasant fighting right and they they learned it by watching the animals and developing a fighting technique where right. they mimic animals right I personally have a weird suspicion that. No one. They just look retarded, <laughs> they, and no one would fight them. No one would fight like, them. They just like, oh, bad. Man, we can, you can't punch the handicap. You can't punch this retarded yeah, yeah. kid. He's meowing like a cat. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Particularly when you watch these like six white guys or one white girl and a bunch of white dudes that yeah, are like yeah. doing it. They're doing the moves and they're like look fluid or whatever. But when you see four of them at the same time and one's doing tiger and one's I'm doing a dragon, mantis. Yeah, yeah, claw, 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 chop, chop, chop. They're just like kind of bouncing off each other. I'm a uh, lotus flower. Watch me grow. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. And I'll also add to that. You can't, and it's it's just a product of the time, this being 1987, you can't make now a movie that takes place in the modern times where kung fu, like this kind of like animal, whatever kung fu, is the like badass martial art. Oh, yeah, the mystery is already... It's done, like we have UFC now, and if any of that shit worked, (laughs) it would be in the UFC, but there's not a hint of it. Like I feel like one guy would just go into monkey and he would just get taken down and ground and pounded to death immediately and that would be the end of that so like watching a guy in like khakis do that it's just real fucking silly with his horror provisions bag yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> coming out with his chilean wine yeah, yeah. which is not even asian but he's just it's close yeah uh, so like so right away this has like a bit of a hole to dig itself out of as far as me buying that they're the sort of unstoppable fighting machines. Yeah, it's the magic. Like like white people oh. still need to believe that Asian culture is is, is, is magical. Is magical as evidenced by the. Okay, so, so let's address one thing here real quickly. As you said, the movie is initially supposed to be Bruce Lee. Uh, or the original TV show was supposed to be Bruce Lee, and they were like, oh, "What? The, America's not ready to have an Asian leading man," so yeah. they gave it to David Carradine. David Carradine playing a Chinese person at the time, correct? Yes. yes. Okay. So now, they at one point in this movie, like the whole premise is that the father is going to get Brandon Lee to clean up his act. 
take on the family business, which is being Kwai John Kane traveling around helping people. Um, to do to convey and like the son is a like he's modern and he's young and he doesn't want any part of that family business. I don't see him taking any money. No, there's no money. They can the trade. one money they he was offered trade. to yeah, take yeah. care of these fucking freeloaders that won't <laughs> leave an apartment. He's like, no, no. He appears to be paid in trade, as evidenced by the scene where he's walking the co- the kid home from the police station, and this old guy who owns a restaurant comes running out. He's like, oh, quiet, John. How are you? Thank you. Your herbs were great. They, my my wife's taken care of. No more headaches. Here you go. And he just hands him a bag of food. Now, here's my question about that scene. One, you can't pay rent with bags of takeout. No. So I don't understand how he has that apartment. But secondly, how did that guy know he was going to be walking by just to have that food ready? Like, <laughs> I feel like that was somebody else's order, and he just gave <laughs> just, it to this dude. It's like the Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> when he's just walking through the square, if you're like, hey, here's an orange. Yeah, 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 just take yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Please don't hurt us. Like, maybe he's the fucking... Imp- I think he's a bully. He's a- <laughs> I, think he, I think he's a delusional old man who is either a bully because he's really good at the martial arts, or I, there's an, a part of me that believes him to like for the, this. This is just sort of delusion in his head that he's really good at martial arts. That he's the good guy. He's, in, he's incapable of showing any martial arts skill. I think he's just like a guy that wanders into these situations and just gets a bunch of other people killed around him by being an idiot. <laughs> like so. So Brandon Lee is working with Miguel Ferrer. Uh, when we first meet them, and he's stealing whatever. They don't really say. He's just breaking into a house. He's going to steal something. Eventually, he's telling them, I don't want to work with you anymore, blah, 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 but he's going to do this one more job where they steal, they rob a train of some guns. Uh, But it turns out, at the end, Brandon Lee has turned good, and he's recording Miguel Ferrer. He's going to take him, turn him in and take him to the cops. He's convinced to do that by going into the uh, woods... Outside of Sonoma or someplace with oh, his yeah, yeah. with his dad uh, to a place called Silver Creek, uh, Silver Creek, or yeah, uh, which is apparently the old town. It's like an old West Ghost town. Yeah, it's, it's like a wagon wheel half in the sand where David Carradine's character eventually like settled down and got a wife and died and, and then died there. Uh-huh. And, and he tells him the story by saying he's like his, uh, surprisingly enough he said he literally says like either surprisingly enough or oddly enough uh, one day his heart stopped working. It's not that odd. That's how it happens. Yeah, like that's so how, every that's how every works. human being on the planet. Uh, the wife, his wife, went to like get a doctor. By the time and when he came back, when she came back with the doctor, he was gone. He had disappeared. And, and Brandon Lee's like, "Where did you go?" Says, oh, the no force way. took him. I have no. <laughs> well, kind of, <laughs> because he's like, yeah, no one knows. And then Brandon Lee looks back to the room, and a ghostly apparition of a guy who's clearly not David, David Carradine, Carradine, as evidenced by the fact that he has a giant hat covering like two thirds <laughs> of his face. They just well, it turned out it was just some like old prospector. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what are these chicks doing in my town? He's just real racist and old. <laughs> there ain't no railroads around here. <laughs> uh. Brandon Lee sees this ghost of what's supposed to be David Carradine uh, appear, and then uh, we're supposed to believe that that's what oh. makes him turn good. Um, one, but they don't establish any of that. None of that. He it just <laughs> he leaves. They stop at a gas station on the way home, and he, he immediately calls Miguel Ferrer, and he's like, "I'm in. Let's go steal. Let's some go shit. steal everything." And I feel like when I when I first watched it, I didn't get that he had turned because yeah. there's no evidence of that. So I thought he had just seen like. I don't want to die in a shack in the fucking woods <laughs> like my grandfather. <laughs> Pennyless. I'm going to go steal some shit with Miguel Ferrer. I want to die with some shoes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, secondly, it adds to your point that white people still need 
to believe Asian culture is inherently magical yeah, because there to. is a very fucking uh, like Obi Wan Kenobi esque ghost that shows up. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I want to be bad. Yeah, fuck this. Uh, so, because he's literally haunted to just wander around as a dead spirit doing yeah, the same yeah, yeah. shit he did in life, right? Which was but nothing. only apparently trapped in that little house. Yeah, yeah. It, there's it's no heaven. Kind of awful. And there's a line there, which is one of the most racist lines I've ever heard, uh, where the father's telling Brandon Lee the story of David Carradine and how he came to settle in this town, <laughs> and he says to him, and I wrote it down just to be safe. Uh, it was difficult at, at first. Especially with his Chinese blood, uh, which I know after a second that he just means like, oh, it was racist at the time and like that people weren't accepting of a Chinese person. But it seems it sounds like the Chinese blood is just a weaker blood. And it's like really holding him back. It was hard for him at first with his Chinese blood. Luckily, he really sat down and de chinified his blood. <laughs> he took the chink out of the armor, if you will. <laughs> also, that, that ghost I wrote down here. Uh, and I want to know if you remember this thing. It looks like that hologram video game that used to be at like Six Flags or bowling oh, alleys. Shit, it, is. it was like the cowboy the yeah. time traveler game. Yeah, yeah. It looked exactly like that. I was thinking Raiden's like broke brother. <laughs> um, so so Brandon Lee calls him. He's like, I want back in. He they do this job where they steal guns off a truck off a train they like yeah well he runs parallel of a train right and because like, train un- security at that time of course non-existent just one little pin just that's it uh which he pulls to like let the caboose fall off the rest of the train nobody notices there's no sort of signal that goes off no safety regulation and like oh there wouldn't be any an alarm that goes off if you lost a car of your train there's three cars doesn't exist uh um they steal the guns that he's going to go meet the head guy. Uh, Miguel Ferrer's like, I'm going to take you to meet. Like, you're going to have a partnership with the boss. He doesn't want to do it. He's reluctant to do it, but he does it eventually anyway. Uh, and when they go, Brandon Lee, they're, like, they're driving in the truck with the guns. And then you see this moment where da- the father pokes his head up out of the back because he's hiding. He said he was going to go help some, like, translate some Chinese letters from the guy, but he's hiding in the back. And there was that moment where, like, I really liked the idea of him being, like, it's like if that if the Equalizer, the new Equalizer uh, movie, yeah, yeah. like, it, it, like I feel like his, this, David, this not David Carradine's character, it was just like if Denzel Washington was just an old black guy that worked at Home Depot and watched a lot of Steven Seagal movies, and then just then <laughs> that's where fucking the Equalizer started, and he just thrust himself in that situation. Trying to a bunch make of things killed. equal. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's this character where he doesn't really have any of these skills, but he's just showing up places, <laughs> fucking interjecting his way in and almost getting Brandon Lee killed. Oh, um, and using that, that, that was the thing Kung Fu was known for, was all those, those bullshit uh, quasi-philosophical... Yeah. sayings to in the moment that they would just confuse their enemy with bullshit <laughs> yeah he does a lot of that he walks up to the guy one of the guards and he's like i would like to pass yeah the yeah like, where the fuck did you come from get out of here and he's like i would like to pass and the guy's like what i don't understand what's happening here well yeah well, you're the, the getting the fuck out of here. i'm gonna beat your ass yeah up. yeah and eventually he gets to beat you that ship you down him has some oh other- and then like mocks him as like when there's a stronger force you're supposed to move out of the way yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like but you I'll always go up against stronger forces <laughs> it's all you do that's literally all you do. You're a tiny little dude. Um, he shows up. Big twist. Miguel Ferrer 
is the head bad guy. And also 35. Yeah, wildly. Like, and it's funny, the second he's revealed to be the main head bad guy, he almost, like, acts older. Like, yeah. all of a sudden he's wearing, like, a shitty windbreaker and his bald spot's more prominent. Yeah, yeah he's, like, like, covering up pictures of his wife. He's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, you fucking bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, it's fucking pretty... Uh, the his fight- kids run in and he's just like... Yeah, get out of here, kids. Dad's got to work. <laughs> Dad's uh, got to sell some illegal guns. Um, so then we, like, eventually, so this whole time, it seems like Brandon Lee's, like, legitimately trying to get back into the good graces of, like, to get in with his boss and, like, go whole, like, commit full force to being a thief. Uh, but when he gets there, Miguel Ferrer's like, you know, I'm not that stupid. You, uh, you want out. You tell me you want out. And then suddenly you get arrested. You get arrested. And now you're like, you get hey, I want to talk to the boss. Without <laughs> yeah. a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck your shirt is, man. Yeah. Uh, so, Something was exchanged. Uh, so I think you're a snitch. They pat him down, and it's revealed he is a snitch because he has the world's largest Large. Walkman <laughs> just, like, stuffed in the back of his really tight pants. Um that he's been taping this conversation with. Uh, they're about, so Miguel Ferrer's going to kill him. Dad shows up to save the day, and there is the world's most boring fight sequence <laughs> where uh, Brandon Lee throws his two kicks and knocks a couple guys down. Uh, he chases off after Miguel Ferrer. Now there's a blonde guy shooting a Uzi at the dad, who the dad's whole, like, all he does is run and, like, dive out of the way of bullets, dive out of the way of bullets, dive out of the oh, way yeah, of bullets. Oh, yeah, he's, and it, it was ridiculous how he died. Like, there was one scene where he dived. He didn't need to dive. Yeah, he very rarely needed to dive. <laughs> it was very, like, no one, you have plenty of time to run. Yeah, it felt like, uh, it felt like Animal House. When they're sneaking up in the beginning and they're just doing somersaults for no reason, yeah, like, yeah. that's what it felt like. Uh-huh. Well, I like that Brandon Brandon uh, Brandon Lee's major his big finishing move was hiding around a corner and just sneaky punching <laughs> this guy in the face. Very true. Sucker punch is all, a very underestimated, underutilized move. All, all in that Marshall. kung fu training, right out the window. All of it specifically to hide. And there's a fair there's <laughs> like really, when he's not looking. There's some pretty good kung fu training. At one point in the beginning of that kung fu class, David Carradine goes, "This is called a fighting stick." I doubt that. <laughs> I, I promise you it's probably got a real name like in in let's say Chinese or something. Like it's probably just not called a fighting stick. I bet it's just a stick. Yeah, and if anything, it's just a, this is called a stick. And you when can, you can hit people with it. <laughs> you can use it to fight. What about where's your walking stick? It yeah, looks the same. Right there. Um so the real the real answer is a bow. If you've watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, yeah, 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 we all know Donatello carries a fighting doesn't carry a fighting stick. He carries a bow. Um, <laughs> he explains you can kill a man with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might you, as well just be that. You could, I guess, if he just laid there and was asking if what kind of stick that was. Now, also the other part of this fight sequence that I find uh, delightful is that Brandon Lee is dressed like a like an like a grown man with down syndrome would dress himself he's got like a little weird bit. dress pants a really bright red shirt with like weird little designs on it yeah, yeah. suspenders that don't really match anything uh he's dressed like he's in the wrong 80s movie yeah particularly but then it kind of goes to the my my retardation point this is an offensive episode, and I don't give a fuck. Uh, the fact, the and more evidence of the fact that I think Brandon Lee might be retarded is at the end of the episode, his his last line, his big line of like, because the dad's always giving him like kung fu lines, and he says to him, 
Hey, the dad, he's like, I could have taken the Brendan Lee's like, I could have taken care of this. You didn't have to save yeah. me. And he, the dad's like, well, we could have planned together. He says, the biggest misery is underestimating the foe. Lao Tzu said that. And then Brandon Lee's response is, I am what I am, and that's all that I am. Popeye the Sailor Man. Credits. Like no, that's <laughs> Which was offensive because, yeah. oh, yeah, Lao Tzu, you know, the guy that wrote uh, The Art of War <laughs> that uh, talks about knowing your enemy and understanding and when to fight and when not to fight and how to organize people mm-hmm. around you and, right. and how to give them space and when to get time. Yeah, compare that to some fucking weird <laughs> cartoon character constantly trying to keep this girl from getting raped. <laughs> yeah. Who eats a lot you of know, spinach. You know, I kind of haven't watched – Popeye as an adult. That's all it is. <laughs> it's, very- it's this one ugly chick and they both want to fuck her and this guy really wants to rape her and Popeye's like, no, that's mine. <laughs> and she's constantly, I don't want you to fuck me either. Right. <laughs> until you beats up the rapist and I'm like, well, I guess, guess I, I owe you now. <laughs> I gotta do something. Uh, there's another moment in the end fight scene that I love where uh, the guy who's shooting the Uzi at David, Ca- fake David Carradine uh <laughs> Doesn't faux Carradine? Faux Carradine can't. He has to reload, and he just can't do he it. He just can't. And and by that, it's not like it's jammed. He literally he has a clip, and then he has the gun, and he just keeps missing the hole where the clip is supposed to well, go. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like oh fuck, this thing is really like oh slippery. You ever like, tried plugging in your outlet in the dark? Yeah. <laughs> It's the worst feeling. Yeah, yeah. Trying really. to fit, line up which way the USB cord goes. Yeah, I got to charge my phone. Yeah, and yeah. I know how to do it. And it's <laughs> it's like a, a, a sidetrack. But anytime like I'm with a girl that's like having problems doing that, I'm like, yeah, now you see. Yeah. <laughs> you get it? Now you see. It's dark down there. You want me to hold your hand and help you guide it in? Uh, do you think people should watch this? Um, I mean, if they're – if they've given up, yeah. <laughs> All right. If you had been watching this in 1987 – and you had an extra 50 cents. I would have watched the fuck out of this. Would you watch it and would you have called to support it? Like if you had to make a call, choice, do you just go, yes, I liked it. No, I didn't like it. We, we didn't really have a phone. <laughs> we oh, kind of lived. We sad. lived on the, outside, on the outskirts of San Antonio. Yeah. We hunted to eat. Oh, wow. We ate a Hold deer. Hold on. You, you hunted to eat? I shot a deer when I was 13 and yeah. we ate it for a year. Sure. Deers we made bone like, soup. Yeah, we kept, yeah, 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 like yeah. my dad hung it up on the – like it was a nice neighborhood. <laughs> but you nature still trail. a dead animal in the front yard? The uh, backyard. Oh, okay. Where Fair the enough. nature trail and the whole neighborhood would walk by oh, boy. was this hanging carcass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we would eat that and our – like I remember one time. Like I, I, I blew up this. I had a volcano project, so sure. I, I just put every chemical I could find in the house, yeah, yeah, yeah. lit on fire. <laughs> Cops show up, sure. <laughs> and when the cop walked around, our, we didn't have garbage service because my dad refused to pay his uh, garbage tax because right. it was unconstitutional. Oh Jesus! Like yeah, so, yeah, yeah. just lived in a house filled with trash. Where a cops walking around going, I got to call child protective, protective services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went to go to the phone, realized that our phone. Was missing the number five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There it was, just wasn't a phone. We couldn't. You, we, we right. couldn't call anybody if you had five, five in the in number. <laughs> you, we were <laughs> fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently there was like three fives in the job. You live in trash now. Yeah, he gave up. He goes, <laughs> just tell your dad to do something. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> so I, I kind of, I think I would, the, the, I would relate to this movie. <laughs> Fair I would enough. Escape. In a way, I feel like that's probably why. 
youngest Kwai John, Brandon Lee, Johnny as he likes to be called, uh, is so resentful and tried to get out of that life. Is he yeah. probably grew up in a fucking house with nobody? The dad didn't work. He didn't fucking pay any bills. He didn't have, like, he only, the food they got was shit that, like, he got for helping people on the street. <laughs> so it was a lot of apples, whatever he walked past. <laughs> Just whatever he walked past. They didn't explain the breakup at all. No. Like, why is the son, like, mom lives in Vancouver. Yeah. She's not, she's upset right. and wanted to escape him too. Uh, like, clearly, this dad was a monster. Yeah, as evidenced also by the fact that the the Brandon Lee clearly likes the one girl in the kung fu class. They had met earlier oh, yeah, when yeah, he goes yeah. to borrow the truck or whatever, uh, and he's like, "Yeah, how you doing?" And then the dad's like, sees him like kind of flirting with this girl. He's like, "All right, get up. It's time for dad to embarrass you in front of your friends." <laughs> and he just proceeds to smack him around with his stick and flip him around till the son gets all mad and he's like, storms off. You don't have to put me down in front of my friends or whatever. Yeah. That's right. The dad's just like establishing dominance like some kind of creep. <laughs> you know, that's my pussy. Yeah. Fucking... Don't fuck with the silverback. <laughs> that did definitely had that kind of feel to it. Quad Jang pussy crusher. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So you would have liked it. This is 100% something I would have watched in 1987. I feel like I probably did. I've watched um, worse. Oh, I, yeah, it's like for sure. I, I, I once I, like Ninja Three. Oh, Ninja Three Domination was like, is amazing. The first sure. fifteen minutes is a work of art. Yeah, yeah, of ridiculous, yeah, it's crazy ninja stuff. So I would watch something like anything that. martial arts. I would have watched at the time. Yeah, uh, definitely would have watched this. It was all my television. Would have been mad because there was almost no martial arts in it. Yeah. Uh, and by and like I don't think people unless you've watched it, which I hope you have by by your time you're listening to this. There's just not like. From the like, I, there's a kick in the beginning, and it's 17 minutes till the class. <laughs> I wrote it down, and then it's nothing from the class to the end. That's it. That's all of the martial arts and kung fu. The oh, next generation, and the one signature scene to show how smarty and savvy he is at robbing houses, yeah, is right at the beginning. <laughs> he stops him, yeah, and takes a cigarette and blows smoke because he knows where the red light, like, yeah, the yeah. invisible. <laughs> he found the one spot where right. he just read, but assumed that there was only one. one yeah, because they're immediately caught. The second they climb down that rope, they're caught immediately by just a security guard. Like, it's not even a cop. Just some shitty rent-a-cop. I definitely would have liked this, too. That brings us to the next pilot, which, motherfuck. Uh That's really garbage. Okay, so now let's start with the fact, and I'm going to feel like I can speak for you on this. Huge Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins fan. Big time. Watched it as a kid. Had it on VHS as a kid. Watch the ever loving shit out of that out of that VHS. Eventually got the DVD. Obviously, when it came out, I had no idea this existed uh, until I like was looking for a pilot to do for the show, and then I was like, "Oh fuck!" I found a, a playlist on YouTube of like all these pilots, and I was like. What a Remo Williams pilot? How have I seen this? You already owned it on DVD. I, I was really obsessed of like I loved. Uh, I had a VHS that had the Adventures of Remo Williams. Sure, and uh, Super Fuzz. Oh, nice! I was a big Super Fuzz guy too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are like the that's kind of the perfect era of my childhood watching movies. You, yeah, you have everything right there. There's uh, uh, they call me Bruce. Sure, The Last Dragon. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. a whole like the 80s is this magical decade where they made. And things that they will never make, make again, again for sure. Like there's no possible way. And, and Rebo Williams, it was one of those things with like the the the, the and Super Fuzz. I think they both had it, it was like the catching the bullet. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Whole well, mythology. Last, Last Dragon definitely. Last Dragon the definitely has it uh, for sure. I loved Remo Williams in like it's 
it's serious enough, like that, like it, like it, like okay, it's treating this as a kid. I was like, I gotta learn Shinanju. That's some yeah, real yeah. shit right there. Like it, I took it kind of seriously, but it's still kind of funny. Like it's it's got like oh, joke the, moments yeah, with the, Chun like liking soap operas. Love and, like, soap be, operas. Being, He's emotionally invested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they have and it, and in his point of view, if you've ever watched like Chinese melodramas, yeah, it's very it's very similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does have everything. So like, so like I the movie worked for me as a child on a lot of levels. I did not understand how wildly racist it was uh, until I was watching it as an adult. The fact that they just got a, a white, an old white guy to yellow face it up and play Chun. Oh, in the movie? Yeah, yeah. In the movie and in this fucking pilot. Well, this is the beauty of it. The guy that played in the movie yeah, was uh, a... What's his name? Something gray. Uh... uh, uh Jerry Gray uh, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he, was like, he was like a Broadway guy. Song forever. and Dance Man. Song and, yeah, yeah, for Song sure. and Dance Man. And I can't think of his name. Um, he, was, he went on to be on, um, I'm pretty sure he's on uh, Alias for a few arcs. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's done a lot of TV. And then for the TV show, they get Roddy McDowell. I, it's fucking insane. Roddy goddamn McDowell. And now can I say this about Roddy McDowell's performance? One, wildly racist, obviously. Very. But frighteningly racist. Uh he does a very good job of portraying the Chun from the movie. He does. He's playing the racist He's guy. He's playing the racist character that the other guy had already made racist. Yeah. But it's that character, so he has to sort of be him, and he does a really good job. He has the sort of physicality that he moves in this very, like, certain way. This very he, particular he gives way, it and a he, comic He edge. has that move. He has the, the cadence to the voice down very well. Obviously, very racist cadence. Uh, I guess it was very easy to do back then, to be stereotypical. Yeah, it's, I yeah. mean, it's that. It is, like, the, it's not pure yellow face because they didn't just paint his face yellow. <laughs> There's, like, latex and shit. Uh, oh, it's worse because they don't... They but, don't. but it's worse. The latex is almost worse because they they Chinese up his eyes. That's well, what, where the latex is. Yeah, it's they the, didn't like, even do that to David I, Carradine. Yeah. <laughs> At least they were and like... That was the 70s. You suspend disbelief. Yeah. You guys, this is on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. John Wayne's still Mongolian to us, so good luck. <laughs> Holy shit, that is the funniest thing on the planet. <laughs> the fact that someone tried to make Tim be fucking John Wayne. Make <laughs> Genghis, Genghis, Genghis Khan. Khan is fucking brilliant. Um, so... so this movie was very important in my childhood. I did not know that the pilot existed until today when I watched it. Uh, can we start with that crazy opening sequence? Yes. Where there t- you see the you see Remo Williams who is being played by su- not Fred not Fred Ward. No, he's being played by this guy who is Derek something Sheen. Uh, that's, a, that's a comic. Poor Derek Sheen. Poor Derek. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the movie would that TV show would have been really <laughs> gold. <laughs> trying to do all those balancing moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um uh the role he's he was the, what I remembered him from was this like I want to say UPN definitely Fox right around that Highlander era where sure. they were just learning how like, to do an hour long oh, yeah 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 and it would be like a syndicated show yeah he was like, in the show called on. Raven sure that where makes it was, sense he was this ninja in Hawaii <laughs> okay Jeffrey Meek is his Jeffrey name. Meek who was B plot by the way. Trying to find his uh, missing son. Oh wow! Throughout okay. the whole series, and it was very casually like when there was potential for him to find his son, he's still chirpy and upbeat about it. Like, oh well, no big deal. We'll find him. I'm gonna find Raven because I just it, it ran from '92 to '93, so it's one season. Might have to call you back when we do the Raven oh, yeah. show. Um, 
So it opens with Re- Jeffrey Meek as Remo Williams, and he's like running to the roof of this building. He's climbing up the side of the yeah, wall. Yeah, they're not. They're they're establishing what I thought because they go. They're assuming you saw the movie. On, on some level, they're assuming you saw the movie like, because they're like you're just sh- showing this white guy kind of doing I don't know parkour before it was parkour <laughs> a little bit. Uh, at Dad's which point, parkour. It's like Chun walks into frame and he's like, "Hello, if you are watching uh, this show." <laughs> It's crazy. Like if you are watching the show, please forgive my students for being an embarrassment to Shinanju. Uh, please change the channel. He's just talking to the audience, and he's like, "The show should be called Chun." Because his character's name is Chun, <laughs> and it'd be about me, but it's not. It's about this idiot who like climbs to the roof of this building. Yeah, it's classic Greek theater, man. <laughs> and you get, and then he proceeds to do a front flip jump. Off the roof of a four-story building and just land, land. on his feet <laughs> next to Chun. And he's like, eh, this show's about me. I made me. And he's like, come on. Give me. Give it. I just jumped off a building. Give, <laughs> give me a little credit here. He's like, I made my body light as a feather or whatever. That is so wildly tonally different from what that movie was. In the vo- in like the the speaking to the camera is crazy because it's so goofy and so like it doesn't it make any doesn't sense. make any sense. The jumping off the roof is not in tune with anything he could do. The mo- I mean to- the most that Fred w- Fred Ward who played Remo Williams in the movie he does this bullet dodging thing the dodging bullets which you will see which in the, comes up comes in up, the show up, up, it is the fucking finale of this episode and it's also the finale of the movie they just ripped it off completely. Um, he dodges bullets. That's what he does. Uh, he's not able to jump off four-story buildings and land on his feet. No. He's not magical in that sense. He's just a really good martial well, artist. There is, there's a little bit of there's, magic. There's some magic. The fact that he can float. Yeah, well, Chun runs on, on air. Chun runs on water. Chun uh, runs on water. But no, this dude in the movie. Remo runs on the, on the cement at one point. He runs on the cement, but he also runs on the beach. And there's a scene where he's oh, running he on the does kind of go up into the air and a little he's bit. Just, he's yeah, running on air. Yeah, you will run like that. pregnant yak. Yeah, yeah. And then that's that's his non-pregnant yak run. Is oh, he lifts his feet, and now he can run on air. Uh, so like I, that moment when he jumps off this roof, though, to me was so weird and so out of nowhere. I was like, "What?" I wrote down, "Oh, fuck you with that!" Like with I was the mad. big hair, with the big curly eighties hair, fucking eighty afro, like like white man afro perm. Uh, then they go to the opening credits, and I love that the first shot of the opening credits is a shot of the movie, and it's yeah. not him. It's fucking the other guy swinging on the on the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then eventually you cut to some shots from the pilot you're about to watch, which is the opening <laughs> credits sequence. Here's this great thing. Enjoy your disappointment. <laughs> yeah, when you see it again. Um, so that's how it opens. and it, But then all that – so I'm, sorry, I'm like, okay, this show's going to be fucking like – like a really almost like a little kid show with this yeah, sort of voiceover yeah. and shit. Like a little wink. There's none of that. The yeah, voiceover's it, gone immediately. Like it's only in that weird opening credit sequence or right before the credit sequence for no reason. It's almost the beginning of self awareness in media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, look, look, we're doing the show. Yeah, yeah. It kind of stinks. Be ready for it. You know, but you know, if it, it's tongue in cheek, it's going to be it's some goofs. We're going to have some goofs. Uh, um, we meet. Uh, so they kind of they do a very good job of very quickly establishing the universe uh, that the movie takes place in and the show takes place in. Uh, Chun is this 
Korean martial artist. He even was the special art of Shidanji. Like everyone calls Chinese, by the way. Everybody calls Chinese except for the one white guy who knows him later who's like like a sycophant fan yeah, yeah. of his. Uh, but we'll get to him in a minute. So he knows Shinanju. He works for, in the movie, Will- Wilfred Brimley. Uh, it's a guy who's just an old white guy in this, but it's supposed to be Wilfred Brimley. Um uh, who's like works for like black op shit for the government? He trains sort of super spies, assassins for the government. Uh, his training, Remo Williams, uh, and that's where we start off. He's leaving because Remo Williams has been trained enough, I guess, but not really. Because the whole time he's like, he doesn't know enough, he's not ready, but he's still going back to Korea for I don't know what. Um, did. <laughs> He realizes, I guess he doesn't. He he goes back. I was very confused by that sequence where he goes. He's gonna go and he meets. He's he's gonna leave. He's going. He's going to fucking whatever. Uh, at which point he's going back to Korea. At which point Remo Williams says, "Look, look out for bad rice." Yeah, it's well. The guy's obsessed with eating rice throughout the movie. Sure, and Remo is not about rice for he some wants reason. Hamburgers. He just wants hamburgers. <laughs> Uh, I remember like when he's leaving, the one thing that got me is he wanted to learn the 37th trick and the big gag is, oh, you're not ready for it. It's, it's like, well, you got to teach me all 48 levels of lovemaking. Yeah, 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 yeah. This guy's teaching him how to fuck. And he goes, it's something to do with the fingers on the wrist. You're like, what the fuck is... Okay, that's another thing about martial arts, by the way. And uh, fucking, this is like martial art fucking, I guess. So it comes in. And it, it came up in Kung Fu as well. There was a point in the 80s where we didn't know shit about martial arts. As a as a culture, other than you know ninja movies and shit, so like f- finger positions were very mystical very and big. important, very and big. powerful. The, like the quasi gun, yeah, yeah, up with from, the from Big Trouble in Little China. Oh yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> the fight with the pinkies, sure. But then, like, there's a scene in Kung Fu Next Generation where he takes out the black guard, which is fantastic, by the way. We didn't even mention his passing out that takes, like, four minutes. Uh, But, like, he blocks a punch, and then he, like, puts his knuckle into the guy's stomach. And then he, like, half crosses his fingers and pushes him into the guy's neck and then, like, slides one finger over the other. And that just makes the dude pass out. Yeah, it's the – unconscious. It's a broken Vulcan neck pitch. (laughs) Yeah. there's a lot of that in Shinanju. There's a lot of, you know, you use your finger to tap on the wrist, and that's what it's dry, all pressure makes girls points. come or something. Uh-huh. Never mind that it's really more of a mental thing that you got to get in their head and make them feel relaxed and, you know, be a decent dude. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they feel safe enough to and vulnerable enough to, yeah, yeah. to have an orgasm. No, you just fucking uh, pound your dick on their fucking <laughs> wrist for a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a trick. There's always it's a, a trick. There's a trick. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, goes, you know, every woman can just come. Just... <laughs> he goes to this golf scene. Uh, well, he goes to this golf course where he's going to hire this guy who I don't – There's no. he's rich, obviously. Uh, he has like a butler and a sister. Well, yeah, they establish the guy as a murderer. Is that what he is? Well, I might yeah. have missed that scene because okay. I was a little stoned when I watched both of these. It was very hard to watch. I'm yeah, not going to yeah, lie. Yeah. It was very hard to watch. I did watch both of these very high. The establishing scene is he's talking to a guy and the guy leaves. Oh, at the restaurant. And at a restaurant. Yeah, and yeah, he goes yeah. over, pats him. He's got this ninja fucking ring on his hand with yeah, like poison so or whatever. he pats him on the back, goes, uh, greetings from the Chinese syndicate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still more Chinese in this Korean subplot. Pats him on the back and the guy's like, oh, well, that's a fucked up thing to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he yeah, goes, yeah, don't just... worry about it, and leaves, and then the guy just dies. <laughs> right. I forgot about that scene. Uh, so, But now Chun knows him, and he's going to hire him 
to wound Remo Williams to teach him a lesson that he's not ready to be a full-on agent not just by wound. himself. He's giving him points. Yeah, yeah he's it, teaching pointers. him how to wound him. Because uh, he tells him, he's like, I just want a superficial uh, bullet graze to the arm. That's it. Um, you won't be – and he's like, "Get clo- here's how you do it. You'll get close. And the guy's like, oh, I could – I could do that from 100 yards away. I'm a good shot. And he goes, no, uh, my student would sense your uh, aggression and uh, would avoid your attack. You must only project. He goes, here's how you He's like, well, how can I get close to him? And he goes, well, here's how you do it. You must project uh, friendliness. <laughs> and the guy goes, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it brilliant? Because he doesn't tell him how to project friendliness, and I feel like that would be hard to do when you're about to kill someone. If he can sense your aggression from 100 yards away, he should be able to tell that your smile is phony. Like, Well, I'm sure he's never tried that before. Right. <laughs> he just did it in the scene where he murdered a guy by patting him on the back There's and going, hey, that. greetings from the Chinese syndicate. There's also that. Clearly he knows how to kill him with kindness. Uh, he tells... So he tells him to wound him on his arm. Um, this guy is obsessed. He wants to learn Shinanju. And he tells Chun, he's like, you're, you're teaching a white man? Well, you can teach me. I'm a white yeah. man now. That's fine. He says, no, thank you. Uh, <laughs> no, but you're not. No, 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 you're not the right type of white man. I think <laughs> you have Italian. Which I want to say respectfully yeah. that the, the, uh, the show really did a good job expressing the fact that Asian culture is far more racist than it ours. Is, Even racist. though we're racially really fucking it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, the yeah, only yeah. people that would be upset – like at the uh, uh, like 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 if we were like uh, Koreans calling them like Chinese yeah, Chinese yeah, people yeah. were like fuck what that guy fuck? Yeah, no yeah, 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 and Japanese yeah, yeah. people would be laughing oh you guys look stupid <laughs> uh, so uh, Chun leaves and he, the bad guy reveals his plans that he's going to kill Remo Williams and he's like once he's out of the way he'll Chun will definitely teach me if he teach, taught one white guy he'll teach another. Um, Wilfred Brimley goes to uh, <laughs> Faux Brimley. Faux Brimley goes to Wilfred to, goes to uh, Remo Williams, gives him his assignment. His assignment is to go burn down this uh, chemical warfare lab in the making before it gets set up uh, and starts producing poisons. Uh, okay, that sounds that is a like totally wise. It works with like what he would do in the movies. He went to like a arms range where they were like yeah. making weapons or whatever, and like gets information and shit. So that's fine. I have no problem with that being his job. Um, Except you don't burn down a, a chemical weapons I plant. Have a lot of problems with the safety imply like uh, used. He goes to this chemical weapons plant, uh, starts popping jars and bottles open in the city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right outside. It's just uh, like a few blocks. It's just like in an industrial park. There's, a, there's there. like a there's a Kroger's. <laughs> <laughs> he literally the first thing he does is like pop open a scan. Oh, what are you? Takes a, <laughs> takes a big whiff of it. That's not what you do with chemicals. Uh, I wonder if I'm mixing. It. You know, yeah, yeah. this explosion. I wonder <laughs> yeah, what's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he comes, he shows up, they tell him, he's like, you're going to go there tomorrow afternoon. He's like, why not at night? And he goes, well, that's, they're, they're working during the cover of darkness, so everyone will be there at night, but it looks abandoned during the day, which is not also not how they run fucking chemical warfare labs. They keep a couple guards on duty, uh, which we find out that they do, and those guards are robots with lasers. Oh, the lasers are... I did not see that laser coming. I gotta tell you, that blue... I started laughing so hard. So, like, he's walking... He's, like, he's he, like, comes to a fence, and he sees that, like, he throws something at it. Oh, it's electrified. At which point, he just... It's, like, a seven, eight-foot fence. Yeah, yeah. He just 
jumps over it. Oh, well, he's already fallen four stories. This well, is he, not a big yeah, deal. Yeah. But here's what I like about him jumping over that fence. It's not particularly controlled. Like when he dove off the building, it was like a like a very sort of stylish dive. Like he does like a clean dive. Uh, in this, like he pauses for a second, jumps, and then he's like, "Whoa!" Like he's like he's like waving his arms trying I'm to slow himself down. Only good at sixty feet and up. Yeah, he really does. How to clear that fence? And like his legs are kicking. He's just like not good at it. You always got to see him make him see a struggle. Uh huh. He goes. He comes. Well, to, he just walks around. Yeah, he in this walking around. illegal chemical war plant, uh, and then and then and like you, there's these shots of like, oh, there's a camera that turns and follows him, and like there's these moments where he, like he's not seeing the security that he should be seeing, which doesn't work because he's supposed to be like the next level best super spy ever, completely oblivious to every bit of security that's happening, and the, and the major security just rolls out. It's Johnny Fi's retarded little brother. Yeah, it, yeah well, it's much bigger. It's huge. <laughs> But it, it, and that's the thing that bothered me. This robot is like seven feet. It's a giant robot. I don't know how it was hiding in the first place. And it kind of comes out of this garage door real slow. And it has this. It looks like the flat attachment on a vacuum cleaner hose. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the yeah. kind you're supposed to do like drapes with or whatever. Stuck to the front of it's it. It's a Kirby. It's very much a. It's like a Floby. It's like the thing. It's like, <laughs> cut your hair on the vacuum. Well, the uh, guy's hair was beautiful. You he did think. have some. He did some glorious locks. And it, it shoot out of nowhere, like it, it lights up, and then it shoots a laser at him, and like like a fucking nineteen seventies sci fi laser, like it, pew, like uh, it, man, it was the same. Uh, it, it felt like it reminded me of the lasers they used in Captain Power. Yeah, when, when, <laughs> we play it with the ship that you pointed yeah, at the you, gun. You get yeah, the, yeah, you yeah, get the, the spaceships TV. and you shoot at the TV and try yeah, to get points. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they talk to you. It was the same laser, and he's he's doing split kicks. So yeah, he's like ju- like leapfrogging over these lasers he's as opposed out of to the just way. going to the side. This robot is very slow. Like, I don't understand why it would be so hard for him to get away from this robot. I get the lasers are kind of fast, but the robot itself turns like a, like a, I don't, like, I don't know what, like, like very, it, like a, like a lazy It turned Susan. the same way, like, if you had Nintendo, what was it? The, that the, robot, the Kirby the gizmo, or, or whatever. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I don't was. remember what it's called, but it would, like, pick up the thing and, like. Yeah, it, it integral of, like, Donkey Kong and. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it chases him around for a little bit through the warehouse. He. He manages to foil the robot by going in a bathroom, getting some toilet paper and some soap, and then throwing it at, like, the camera that's the eye of this robot, so it, like, mostly blinds the robot. And I very much enjoy that that robot is programmed to, when its vision is obstructed, fire blindly at anything. <laughs> it's just, just – shoot, it's in the – at the walls of the building it's in. Where it's all just the chemicals blast, are stored. Where all the chemicals are – where all the fucking volatile <laughs> chemicals are stored. It is just blasting lasers haphazardly around. It's a really smart security protocol. Uh, and then he eventually like takes like the robot blasts something and it blows up. He like puts out some like uh, uh, gunpowder or something yeah. and he, he the thing blows up. Um, the fire department comes. This is kind of miraculous. So the fire department comes. He's up on the roof. All of a sudden, Chun's just there and he's like, "Where the fuck you come from?" He's like, "I will watch my students because you are not uh, ready or whatever the fuck he says." He's like, all right, how are you going to get out of here? We're up on the roof. There's all those fire guys, firefighters down there. You don't want them to see you. And he's, like, going to jump. But then he's like, oh, I need a clean place to land. And then Shun tells him not to jump. He already knows how to jump. He, he's like, they have already provided you a easy path off the roof. And he points at the firefighter who's hosing down the, <laughs> he's hosing down the, the fire. And it's like this giant arc of water. Arc of water. Hitting the building, and he's like, "No!" 
He's like, <laughs> I know. He's like, like there's no way I can. Look, everything <laughs> else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, come on. Uh, and he's like, no, you just the right amount of pressure, not to, uh, not enough pressure, you fall through the water. Not uh, too much pressure, you get pushed back, uh, whatever. Or and we could just wait for him to bring a ladder. There is a fucking ladder four feet from them <laughs> yeah. while they're talking. It's in fucking frame. <laughs> With the it's, it's like arcing over the side of the building. It's right there. <laughs> It's a fire escape. It's right in front of them. It says in case of fire. Yeah. And, I'm, and I guess at my initial point was they're like, oh, he doesn't want them to see him. Yeah. So he has to avoid like climbing because they don't see him climbing down the ladder. Well, here's well, – spoiler alert. He surfs down the water of the ar- – the arc of water from the fire hose. He jumps on it and he surfs down it to the ground and leaves. The firemen appear to have disappeared because uh, – uh, my point was like, oh, he can't climb down a ladder because they'll see him. He can't slide down one of the hoses they're holding because they'll definitely see that, right? Well, when they see the guy drop, what are they going to do? Oh, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nope, not at all. He slides down the hose. Looks, they're, they're gone. The water's still spraying, but there are no firemen there anymore. Chun's there. And he says, Chun, how did you get down? And he's like, oh, that's too easy for me. That's a, a simple trick. Uh but I did lotus leaf on the air or some shit. Yeah, well, apparently like, I made myself lighter of an air. Uh, it, apparently half of Kung Fu is learning the art of looking like an asshole. <laughs> Chun, can we address that Chun is a fucking real dick? Oh, he's a piece of shit. Uh, I like, I mean, they try to humanize him. Like in the movie, he likes, uh, he likes fucking soap operas. So probably in, in this, he, he likes Barbara Streisand. He loves Barbara Streisand for some reason. But in like... A weird, like, he deifies Barbara Streisand. He says to Rima Williams, after dinner, you're going to need to take me to the close, the most local Streisand monument, uh, like, shrine, uh, so that I may, like, whatever. And then uh, later we can go to the one in Brooklyn. I'm sure that has a better one since it's, like, a bigger part of the city she, or whatever. A place where she was born at. And uh, he's like, yeah, we don't. The chick from Yentl? We don't have one. That's not a thing that exists. And he's like, what? There's no, there's no Shinto-esque shrine to Barbara, Spry, Barbara Streisand? In America. Like, like, he goes, dude, he you- says, if you were born in Korea, if you were Korean, there would be a shrine to you in every city. No! Oh. That's fucking crazy! You've lived here for years. You have a thousand percent. You know how America works. You know we don't build shrines there's to like, weird stage singers. And in the East Coast, there's like thousands of girls just like Barbara Streisand everywhere you go. Uh, so, it's ve- so, so like that joke doesn't really land. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, he, they're walking back from the gig, from the, the, from the, the fire department, like the water scene, uh, and he's like, uh, Chun realizes, oh, right, that guy's going to come wound you now with kind of set up. I forgot to get rice. Oh, I forgot. Go. I tried to get you murdered yeah. for hire. I'm going to go get some rice, get out of the way so this guy can shoot you in the arm. Uh, and as he's walking away, I guess Chun senses the guy's aggression. And he's like, what? No. He starts to run back. He doesn't get there in time. And the guy's got like a gun on a like a ejector thing on his wrist that comes out, and he shoots. He's like jogging. He's pretending to be jogging, and then he shoots. Uh, uh, I almost called him Brandon Lee, Remo <laughs> Williams, in the chest. Now here's where the show fucking goes off the rails. <laughs> he shoots uh, Remo Williams in the chest, and he he kills him. He's he's dead. 
That's how you establish a series. He's he's dead. It's and like they, they knew this show wasn't going to go further. This show he's he's a, he's dead on the street, and Chun shows up and he says, "No, oh no, my son, oh my son, I'm so sorry." It goes to credits, or it goes to commercial. It comes back from commercial, and he's cradling dead Remo Williams' head in his lap and crying. It's fucking weird. <laughs> like, re- I'm, I, I was, I'm watching it, and I'm like... He starts singing people. As I'm watching it, I'm thinking, okay, they obviously... Like, what if that opening sequence was them really setting this up, and halfway through, the Mucha show does become Chun, and it's just about... <laughs> It's all about Chun to kill really, off Remo Williams, and it's me. just about Chun like getting revenge and fucking tracking this guy down. Um, he Chun's crying, and then he goes, "But how is it? Even after death, you still have essence of Shenanju." Uh, and then he goes, "Wait, the prophecy." Uh, by the way, this is called, the name of this show is Remo Williams, the prophecy. Uh, he says, "Oh wait, the prophecy." And proceeds to bring Remo Williams back from the dead by rubbing his temples and asking politely, apparently. Which is actually, like, number two on how to fuck girls. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's move 30. That's <laughs> this move two is bring someone back to life. Rub temples. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ask politely. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Those are way they, better actually, than Actually, it's probably 48 that's, after they exhaust everything. All the other options of weird pressure point holes. <laughs> all right, make fine, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he proceeds to bring Remo Williams back from the dead. Now, that is way out of the league of sort of skills I would have thought. Now, I say that in the movie, Chun does walk on water at one point, so maybe he is kind of Jesus-y. Uh, but it seems crazy to me that, one, you're going to reveal that Chun has the ability to bring people back from the dead like in the pilot, like save that for sweeps, man. Like at least make it more than forty minutes into the. That should, if you're going to reveal in the pilot, it's very close. Well, to it, end. yeah, it takes out any chance of ever anybody having dying. any stakes. Who gives a fuck about Remo Williams now? He's immortal. <laughs> he's immortal. That should, there's no like I don't like. The, uh, there's all these scenes where like he's in danger. Uh, Chun at one point that train him knocks like they come up to this biker gang that's outside this bar and Chun knocks over all their motorcycles. Yeah, to, so like, why do I and roller skates? Remo Williams is on roller skates and has to fight twenty uh, bikers on roller skates and he beats them all up. I will say this about this movie: it is way more exciting than fucking Kung Fu: The Next Generation. <laughs> there's a lot of martial arts. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of shooting. There's lasers. There's robots. All the there's tropes. a lot of shit going on. Um, so, like, there's all these moments where he's in danger. He's chasing, he's running away from lasers. He's doing all this. Well, who gives a fuck if he's just going to get brought back to life? <laughs> and then secondly, how the fuck did you forget about this prophecy? Well, not just forget about the prophecy, but is Remo Williams, does he suck that bad? Like, he could walk on water as it comes out of a hose and make yeah. firemen disappear. <laughs> but he gets shot in the chest by a jogger. By just a guy jogging because he didn't, be, because apparently the guy jogging wasn't going, hey, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> like, he just had the the wildly ninja-like skill of if, pretending not like he was about to shoot you. Like, yeah, what if we just pretend like we not want to kill him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll, He'll never, never see, see it coming. coming. <laughs> Uh, but that, but I, I, I really want to stress this point. There appears to be one prophecy in Shinanju, and it's about a, a man who dies and is brought back from death, and he is going to be the greatest practitioner of Shinanju ever. 
If I was a lifelong master, all I've done my entire life is study Shinanju. I feel like that prophecy would be forever just, like, right in the back of my head. Yeah, like, it's of, always just going to be sitting there. Like a little messiah cult. Yeah, yeah. I would just kind of know about it to the point where, like, I have this guy I'm training. He's my best student ever. He's constantly saying how, like, he learns faster than everybody. He's white. He's white. That seems kind of prophetic. Uh, I wouldn't have just uh, literally go, oh, wait, the prophecy. Like, it just seems so ridiculous. Well, it's the whole character. Well, I mean, besides the character being ridiculous in itself, the one thing I've never been able to, to get past is even from the movie's sake, when he's just this beat cop who's drinking and right. doesn't give a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's it's like, oh, it's time to do my job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when they give him a new face and everything like that, they just say, yeah, you're Dead to the eyes of your loved ones. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. And he's fine with that. Yeah, 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 no one really liked you anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though there's a full army of cops who are crying about his death. At his funeral, yeah, for And sure. he stays in that city uh, with his new face. And they're like, well, you know, uh, we just wanted you because we need someone to murder people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, cool. What's the benefits? What are the benefits well, like? Yeah, well, he was kind of like, well, I don't want to do that. And it's like, well, you kind of have to because we gave you a different face. Yeah, so it's not might, like you can leave. Yeah, we're just going to kill you if you don't do it. So yeah. maybe just so. Do it. And now, and then to test him, they they try to get him uh, sneakily. They're they're testing him out right. to to go kill Chen. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's how the movie, the setup in the movie is. Yeah, yeah, that's how they set it up in the movie. So he goes in there. Thinking, okay, hey, buddy, they want you dead. So I guess I'm going to kill you I don't now. want to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's both run away <laughs> and pretend none of this happened, yeah, but yeah, just yeah. so you know. Yeah. And, and the then they get in the fight, and he's like, well, fuck it, all right, I'll kill you. Like that. It wasn't a hard sell. <laughs> this guy's kind of a fucking monster. Yeah. Well, there are – I mean – He's an assassin, and Chun trains assassins. They are murderers by definition. Murderers. That's all they do. They're the heroes of the show. They're the heroes of the show, and it's also the most noblest thing they could do. Yeah, for sure. They it's do established. Play it like it's good. Yeah, you got to do it for the good of your country or whatever. It's the best thing you can do is kill people. Uh, so they raise. Without due process. Yeah. No, it's, it's black bag shit. Like, he tells him he's got to go burn down this chemical warfare lab. And he's like, well, send the FBI. And he's like, oh, we don't want the paper trail or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's like, we don't want to piss off somebody. Yeah, it's a lot of paperwork. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like making uh, trip. And then my other part I like is he goes, well, send Larry to Torch. Because apparently <laughs> they also have, assa- they have assassins. They have arsonists. Oh, they got backups. Uh, and the guy's like, uh, it's got to be untraceable. Well, shouldn't Larry the Torch be good at making that shit? Like, why else have the guy on you the know, payroll? He's the only guy willing to do it. Yeah, it's Larry the Torch. He always signs. He leaves a receipt at every fucking crime scene. <laughs> he's got it's his so signature good. torch. Too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so they go like. But first they, of all, it's Larry the Torch. Yeah, everyone knows him. It's Larry. <laughs> why couldn't it be Lawrence? It's a very yeah, it has a big powerful name. name. Uh, they also there's a thing where everyone they kind of meet. Like this, the guy, the assassin that Chun hires knows knows Chun very well. Knows where he's from. Knows about Shinanju, Wilfred Brim. Every for a secret martial art, people seem to know about it a lot. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, he goes. So they they're gonna go get the guy who wounded uh, was supposed to wound but killed killed fucking uh, Rima Williams. Rima Williams comes to in the hospital and he like Chun tells him. Uh, it's like so he comes to and he's like, oh, we gotta find a guy to try to take me out. And Chun's like, oh, I know him. Yeah, yeah. I, I hired him to come that shoot was, you. That was all he, me. He, he doesn't say it like, dude, I got some, all right, <laughs> I, before, like, hear me out. He doesn't give him any of that. No, he's like, oh, yeah, I hired that guy to shoot you. Uh, yeah. And, it, yeah, that, and, oh. and Remo kind of takes it pretty good. He goes, I'm like, wait, what? It's not outside and his then, character. And that's it. Like, yeah. It's like, just, well, like, the, whole, the whole show, he's he's trying to shoot him. Yeah, that's true. In his New York apartment. <laughs> yeah, he's 
constantly firing that gun off in there. There's no fucking soundproofing or nothing. Somebody were there's no rental clause. Uh, so he so they go to the bad guy's house. The guy's there. Uh, Chun's like, so if you he's like, you why'd you do that? He's well, I figured if I killed him, uh, he's out the way. You can train me. And he's like, ah, there's one small uh, flaw in your reasoning. Uh, and uh, fucking you hear Rima Williams go, you botched the job. And then the guy turns. And apparently Rima Williams has just been standing two feet away from them for the entire length of that conversation. He's in the middle of a living room. Hi, I'm God. Yeah, yeah. He's like making a drink. Like he's just fucking <laughs> nonchalant as shit. This guy is also a high-level assassin. I feel like you probably would have at least noticed the, like some sort of movement. Have the respect to at least make him feel like he's yeah, fighting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, no. Rima Williams does some badass shit where he's like, "Ah, oh, you botched a job. I'll give you another chance." And he hands him his gun, uh, uh, so that he can do his bullet dodges thing. So the guy shoots at him like five or six times. He dodges all the bullets. One of which he dodges very not like very slick. Like he like the whole time he's shooting and he's like crouching and spinning out of the way. And then one he's like leaning up against the wall like a Sears catalog model. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's and then he just kind of he throws his shoulder back real quick and then he comes back with a big smile on his face. And I'm like, all right, he's got some swag. I'll give Remo Williams his due. Uh, and then the bad guy says, well, all right, at least shake my hands before you kill me because he obviously knows Remo Williams is about to murder you. Uh, at which point he tries to shoot him with his fucking goofy wrist, wrist sling fucking bullet thing. Uh, and Remo Williams like bends his arm. The guy shoots himself and he's dead. And that's kind of it. Like, well, I feel bad he, for the guy in the first place because like it was none of his business. Yeah, he got hired. Well, I mean, he, he went if he had done the job he was hired for. He did he'd a great be job. Fine. No, he was supposed to shoot him with a grazing wound in the left arm. Oh that's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. He did go a little overboard. A little overboard. He shot him in the heart. <laughs> Well, you know, fucking extra credit. <laughs> uh, so that that so that, that and like he kills the guy, and then like he gives like a oh Chun, like one of those. Uh, they leave. Chun has now since he's going to stay, since this guy is part of this prophecy, he has to stay to teach him. Uh, he has to get his winter wardrobe. There's all Chun. It is established early. Chun has his chest that he's making uh, Remo carry down to the truck when he's leaving. It's very heavy chest. Uh, he's now ordered a bunch more of these chests, these trunks, because uh, his winter wardrobe has to come for him because so, he's going to be staying. And uh, he's like, oh, why should I have to do the lifting? I'm the one who got shot or whatever. Uh, and then Chun does a move where, like, Remo struggling with one side of the chest, and then Chun picks it up with the other side with, like, two fingers. Oh, two and he's, like, fingers. I'm all, he's like, you ever heard the expression, no matter how good you are, there's always someone better? I am that someone. And he picks up the trunk. And then it's like, oh, Chun. And it's like, uh, end of family matters. <laughs> it's just a weird family sitcom ending uh, to a show that involves a lot of murder. Uh, um, what it reminded me of, like, because uh, there is that, like, that paternal, like, every white kid wanted to have an Asian father <laughs> yeah. be accepted. Like, well, the, I feel like you just wanted to have any other father except yours. Except yours. Like, why can't I? Have I'll a take an Asian. It's fine. Blood sport. It's this French kid gets yeah, this yeah, Asian yeah, dad, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's got to measure up. And, and, and like, he, they're they're the typical dads that they always wanted to have. Right, right. Some structure they, in their life. Yeah. 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 Some yeah. discipline, you know. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite part about it, what it, what it reminded me of when he's in the hospital and John's like, "Yeah, oh, that was me, Shark." Yeah, yeah. Is um, uh, I don't know if you if you're familiar with the with Bob Marley too much as a person. Enough. Kind of a garbage person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like, <laughs> one love all this amazing songs. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I was reading this autobiography from his manager, right? And there's a story where uh, 
they uh, like one of the syndicates in Jamaica or like that. They uh, they like have a gun through a window and start firing into it. And the first thing Bob Marley does is throw his manager towards the bullshit <laughs> and dives. <laughs> Rastamano! Yeah, 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 yeah. And then sees him in the hospital right. <laughs> afterwards, and nobody addresses that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's the catch cow, right? <laughs> Fucking... Just that manager is like, hey, remember, yeah, Bob, remember? remember? <laughs> Can we talk about I feel like I'm going to need to talk about this more. Hey, forward. Mon, remember <laughs> when I threw you in the way of those bullets? <laughs> Uh, I would not only have watched this show when it was on. I feel like it was made specifically for me. Uh, I would watch it now. Like if they made a Remo Williams TV show now, oh, I would now watch would the so shit out of it. It would be so good. Um, yeah, they can handle. I feel like they can handle the martial arts better. It would probably be like like a kind of darker, grittier. It is based on a series of novels that I've never the read. Destroyer. The Destroyer. Have you read the books? I not only did I read the books, oh, I grew boy. up of a household filled with these quasi-libertarian uh, apocalypse militant books. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, there's a gr- there's a uh, book called Casca. Uh, Casca. Okay, Barry Sadler, who is best known. Barry Sadler. I'm Barry Sadler is, is best known for singing the Ballad of the Green Beret. Sure, 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 sure. Like that song. Song. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was Famous also song. this drunken mercenary who, <laughs> after the war, just started fighting small little wars in Africa and right, South right, America. Right, right. He was just a hired hitman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who also wrote this books about the 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 wandering Jew, the guy that stabbed Jesus on the cross and was cursed <laughs> to immortality. Jesus. And so it's this amazing historical record. It starts off in Vietnam, right? And then but it's like. Some crazy shit. Of this guy that's like who stabbed Jesus, this Roman centurion who has to wander the world exactly as he is until Jesus comes back. Right. <laughs> so there's and, and there's like libertarian philosophy and all this like, well, people got to take care of themselves. Right. There's this whole uh, from Out of the Ashes series that my dad had all these fucked up crazy books. Yeah, yeah. But then also the, the destroyer that and the fucking destroyer, Rainbow Williams is based which on, which is basically dude romance novels. Yeah, that makes sense. Are they any good? I mean, I know there's like an ongoing thing of like there was a, so many of them, like they changed authors after a while. It's well, yeah, like yeah, they have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah, like the the first three books of any series, kind of fun. They're great. Yeah, yeah. I give it a read. Fine, you know, I've been I've been looking for, I, like after I watched this, I was like, I'm gonna go steal those on the internet. Cause I'm not buying them, but I'll go fucking torrent them somewhere for Moby form. Uh, can't find them, unfortunately. Uh, I would watch the shit out of it now. I would have called a one nine hundred number and voted yes. I like this. It is. Garbage, but it is way more entertaining than Kung Fu: The Next Generation was. I would not have watched Kung Fu: The Next Generation. The show, like if it, if they got picked up, yeah, like no, if, it, if it got picked up, I would. I know I would just been too bored. Yeah, for sure. But this, I don't, there's fucking lasers and robots and lots of kung fu, and he's surfing on fire hoses. I was like, yes, I will watch the shit out of this. You know what's sad though? If the, if Kung Fu: The Next Generation was picked up. Brandon Lee would still be alive. Yeah. He maybe couldn't do The Crow because he was fucking... He couldn't do Showdown in Little Tokyo because he was tied into this. Yeah, that's a shame, though, because I do like that movie. It is weirdly... It is... Weird, weirdly homoerotic, and I say that because oh, yeah. it, it does it, the way they do it is strange. Where he's just like constantly talking about what a big dick Chow Flungren has. <laughs> it's fucking strange. It is strange. Well, uh, and it also representative of that that late eighties, early nineties racism towards Asian culture. True. That that was actually still there at that time because the whole time he's like, ah, oh, you fucking like a China. You learned that the China season is like, I'm yeah, from yeah, Malibu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, anything you want to plug? I'm going to get out of here. I think we've... 
Oh uh, yeah, I think we like, like an hour I think we did more to this plot than they did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you got anything coming up? Uh, I, I'm releasing the the stand up records album. We're, nice. We, artwork is getting tied up. We finally found an artist. Awesome. Uh, and I guess I'm just looking for people to follow me on Twitter. Word. So I can write more of my hate speech. <laughs> uh, did I see something about you going to England? Or you just went to England? Yeah, I went to London. Yeah. How was that? It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, the comedy scene out there is so like I want uh, co- English comedy yeah. as far as movies and and books and stuff. They're yeah. they're ten years ahead of Americans. Okay. But their stand up is ten years behind. behind yeah. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is garbage. <laughs> I got just go out there and crush. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Uh, I uh, I did the the comedy store out there. I got a yeah. guest spot. Right. Uh, the host comes out. It's a different format. They don't. They, it's everyone's a headliner. Basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the host comes up, and it's all just who are you? Where are you from, darling? What's your name? Right. And they just do that, and every comic does that. And, and their own British accent. And one of the guys in the audience was a war crimes investigator. And I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's like, I'm talk. already, yeah, let's yeah, have yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. And then she does nothing with it. She's just like, wow. ooh, and these are your sons? Like, no, you? <laughs> How weird is dad being a war crimes investigator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then some, some dude, like, where, she says, where are you from? This one guy, like, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I'm an accountant under the ocean. In an American accent, she was like, "Well, we know where you're from. (laughs) It's Colorado." And then she starts making fun of Americans for being behind. And you're sorry, no, that probably flies over there. But this is where comedy is like, no, an asshole is an asshole anywhere. Right, right, right. So I have to follow this shit. And the first thing I I do is like, "Well, you didn't even address the war crimes investigator. Something America clearly needs." (laughs) (laughs) Boom, crap, shit. So I could do no golden. It's like, yeah, that's right. We know how to be funny too. It's not all this bullshit. Crowd work. We actually don't let some asshole from Colorado yeah, yeah, be the yeah. definition. That's almost how Americans think. Right. So yeah, it was yeah, just yeah, yeah. nothing but like a broad. It was the easiest gig I've ever had in my life. Oh, nice. I suggest you do it immediately. Okay. Well, I will try Talk to, to your come agent. up with some money and get my ass to fucking London. Uh, you say, you want, what's your Twitter handle again? At, at White Cotton. At White Cotton. So follow Jay. Follow me at Chris Cubis. I am going to be at whatever fest in Houston and in November, so that's going to be fun. Uh, if you're in Austin uh, tomorrow night, I'm opening for Ben Kronberg at Spider House. Will this, this will be... come out. This comes out on. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Thursday. This will come out on Thursday. So if you're listening to this Thursday night, I will be at uh, Spider House with Ben Kronberg. Uh, follow us on Twitter. If you like us on iTunes, fucking show us uh, some love and rate us. And starting next week, I will be doing the X-Files spinoff, The Lone Gunman, with Bob Kazravi. So it's going to be super fun. So watch those. They are all on YouTube. And we'll see you next week. Later.